on this week's show. With the scaffold season starting this week, we hear from two new managers in the division. Deal Town boss Steve King tells us all about his hopes after replacing Derek Hares. You know I mean? It's not about me, it's not about titles, it's about us as a group trying and being successful. Um, that's the most important thing for me. It could be a good season, hopefully. And Tunbridge Wells boss Luke Carpenter gives us the insight on bringing players in who don't necessarily know the county. I think the positive thing in bringing these players in that aren't part of the league is people that know them. So a lot of people underestimating us, potentially, that are going to be shocked by us, by what we do, both with and without the ball. And of course, we're going to be talking about this. And the winner is John Phipps and Matt We're back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the sixth season of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We've had the heat wave, and now we can move on and get back to the business of football. And we're going to hear from two newly appointed managers ahead of the start of the scaffold this weekend. As always, I'm John Phipps, who, despite being a sports journalist for many years, managed to score 300 points on a pointless sports quiz earlier on today. Another line now is a voice you'll all be expecting to hear. And he's one of the joint winners of the Neil Bell Kent Sports Journals of the Year for 2022. It's Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Enjoying the summer. Um, yeah, we, well, we won't talk about the big event. We'll talk about that later. But I'm all good. I've really enjoyed the summer. I'm now lacking some wisdom teeth because I've had some teeth out. Um, but getting ready for football. Have, have I been invigorated by football? I'm missing it? I think I probably have. So, And when you said there, six seasons, mate. That's how long we've been doing it. So um, I suppose the structure's changed a little bit now. We used to do it at lunchtime, but because of work, etc., we do it of an evening. So um, uh, from that, but uh, yeah, it's been, well, it's, those six years have flown past, as they say. Well, it is five years, but obviously five this is the, the sixth season. But yeah, it has, I, I still can't believe it. Um, you know, we we just started this this silly idea and, and it's just gone from, uh, from strength to strength. And uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's incredible. And do you know what, mate? I've kind of missed football and I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be chatting to you again. Yeah, interesting. I went to see the Dover game and some bloke said, oh, when's your podcast coming back? He was a Dover fan. And he said, I hope you'd be more optimistic this season, which made me laugh. <laughs> so maybe I was a bit of a misery last season when it comes to it, when he said that. Well, and, I mean, uh, to, to be brutally honest, though, what the hell did you have to be cheerful about last season? Not, not a great deal. So, um, yeah, again, like every football fan, I love it on this time of the season. As I said before, they could announce, some of these clubs could announce me as a sign-in. Uh, you had a trial at Crystal Palace once or whatever, and every single club will say, that's a quality signing. Isn't it? The optimism is so great at this time of the season as the scaffold gets ready this weekend. Everybody will be so optimistic, but by the middle of August, everybody will be thinking, oh God, here we go again. And, and I suppose that's why you love football, really, isn't it? The optimism that, you know, you think, yeah, we're going to, yeah, here we go. This is going to be our year from a supporter or as a player. And they're soon getting the swing of it. And you, you get beaten down, but you keep coming back. And that's why you love football. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hope for that day we found. Yeah, thanks for sort of saying I should, as I was a bit miserable. So, hopefully, um, uh, I can be a bit more cheerful. And, but uh, which, which should be another year. And I have to say, John, Nick, we've, we've and first for the pod, we've extended our sponsorship into a second season as well. So uh, we must be doing right. So thanks for Nick Cunningham. And if you need plumbing and advice please in the uh, South East Kent area, please look up Nick Cunningham, Heating and Plumbing. I suppose you didn't need any bloody heating from him uh, last week during the heat wave. But the, the thing I want to ask you is, is how did young Scalacci get on during this heat wave? 
she uh, she well not too bad I, again because we live on the coast it's a bit like yourself it was warm but it wasn't that warm but what I realised because I'm working in an air conditioned office how nice it is in an air conditioned office the dog's quite happy she sort of either goes by the by your feet or she just finds something in the garden when you open just to do it so and she just follows you around really but it doesn't matter if it's 50 degrees or 5 degrees if she sees a seagull or a squirrel in the garden mate she's off so she'll she'll move for that so or a biscuit yeah i've got to be honest that the cats haven't had a good week uh that they they were they were struggling with the heat I, the thing is is that they're a bit thick i mean i, I often say oh they know what they're doing they're, they can regulate their heat but because we live in a basement flat it's quite cool in here yet the two silly buggers have been outside the whole time you know trying to avoid this trying to find bits of shade and stuff and it's like if you could come in you'll be absolutely fine and they both hate fans so I've got an electric fan on the go in the living room. They don't want to be in there at all. Not interested. Don't don't like it. Want to run away from it. But hopefully we're we're over the worst of it now. I mean, it was it was hot, wasn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, it, it was only 31, 32 here in Eastbourne. But I know elsewhere everybody had it had it rough. And and I mean the, the pictures from London uh, that fire were That's terrifying, it. weren't they? Yeah. Well, I think what you do find is because. Clearly, they must do a lot of muck spreading in Thanet because there is a smell of stench around. Because over the over the doors, you can just sort of that sort of smell of manure at this heat. So that's as you know when it's hot, then when you get the smell of manure wafting through the streets of Thanet. So um, and on that basis, yeah, what it was really, I, I don't mind the two weeks. I have to say, we went down the beach um, uh, the other day, that time in the evening, half six. Kids and the wife went in for the. Um, had a swim and everything, and it was absolutely packed down there. And you, you realise, you know, you know, when people moan, but something doing that at half six, seven o'clock, having a swim at thirty degree heat was quite nice to do, really. So um, I quite, like, I don't mind the heat too much. So um, um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not like these people moaning about it. It's good. I enjoy it. Let's have more of it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been the last couple of weeks. I've been keeping a close eye. This is how sad I've become on the tide times, um, because when the tide goes out here. Um, you can go and have a really nice paddle because obviously it's a, it's a stone beach here. And um, but the, when it goes out, you've got all the sand there. And, I, and I've just a couple of three times, maybe even more, I've walked from my house to town just along in the sea, just put my flip flops on and just had a stroll. I've walked under the pier and everything, and it's just it's just glorious, you know. And you can't beat living by the sea. And, and, and I'm so glad that uh, uh, the county that uh, we both call home. And the county that I now live in are surrounded by the by sea because I think that makes it it does it just cheers you up, doesn't it? When you, when you can see the sea and have a paddle and, and everything else, it just puts a smile on your face. And we're so lucky that we've got it. Well, as I say, I, I, I find nothing better to walk on the beach throwing the ball to the dog. But it's you know, even when it's cold, that's a very nice thing to do. So we are, you know, I was thinking these people who live in you know the middle of Birmingham and it's forty two degrees. What do they do for? The sort of heat from there but yeah it, it, again i'd rather have this than it chucking it down with rain so um yeah it's been it's been a good summer so far isn't it so uh, it's enjoyable and, and it's been nice at the weekends but i think i've never had so many barbecues which is always nice as well so i suppose that at least this heat's a good warm-up for you for your adventures later in the year as well mate yeah well that we're about 25 to 30 yeah so uh, yeah I'm, i don't know if i fully said on here but i am going to the world cup in mm. november because um that if he had if he was still there at the World Cup we'd go so yeah I'm lucky enough to be going from I'm there for eight days but five days of the tournament and so far I've got six matches so uh, 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that in November, I have to say. Yeah, very nice. It's all right for some. But, but again, it won't, it, you know, sometimes there's nothing better than Crabble in November as well. I, I was actually going to say, and we're not going to talk about Dover on the, on this week's show after that, but what game do you miss while you're away? Is it a good one? Uh, I don't. Th- I think it's a trophy game. I think it might be away at Hampton. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it's 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 not a home game I'm missing anyway. So, uh, but again, we, we'll talk when we get to the National League. We'll talk about their ridiculous fixture planning because it beggars belief what they do. Whoever whoever does the fixtures. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's our 218th episode as we return this week. Uh, And if you've missed terrible facts about numbers, then we're starting this season with a doozy. As 218 is the number of inequivalent ways to colour the 12 edges of a cube using at most two colours, where two colourings are equivalent if they differ only by rotation of the cube. No idea. Uh, It's also the number of votes required in the US House of Representatives to achieve a majority. I've always thought that the American political system is, is pretty weird, but at the moment... We're really not in a position to be throwing any stones, are we? Uh, Right, let's get on with the show then. And of course, we're going to focus on the scaffold, which kicks off first uh, with the first game of the season on Friday. A little bit of Friday night football as Irith Town hosts Phoenix Sports for the rest of the Premier Division get their first taste of action on Saturday. The scaffold was brilliant last year, thanks to two outstanding teams in Sheffield United and Chatham Town, who've got another week to wait before they get their season underway. But with those two gone, the league at the moment looks pretty wide open to me. Now, we've both been to pre-season friendlies over the past few weeks, and we've both come back with interviews from some new men in charge. Uh, let's start then with Dealtown. They finished fourth last season, and they began their pre-season under long-serving boss Derek Hares. But after their opening friendly, it was announced that he was to retire. Stepping into the hot seat, and this came as no surprise to anyone, is Steve King, friend of the show and Hares' right-hand man for the past few years. Matt saw deal just after King's appointment, and he started by speaking to the manager about his predecessor. Obviously, sad to see him go. He's been a massive part of the club for 20 years. Um, we've worked, obviously, closely together in the last couple of years. And obviously he's made a decision this summer um, just to step away and um, let us sort of take it on. Um, but he's been, like I say, a great servant. He's a great bloke. I think you've only got to see the tributes to him. Um, on social media um, when it was announced and we hope we're going to see him at the ground a lot and that he's going to you know I mean, remain a, an important part of the club as, as we move forward. Does your role, apart from the job title, does it change in any real way? Not massively on the football side. Um, obviously, I've got a good coaching team with us and we used to discuss stuff as a group, so that remains the same. Um, in terms of match days, I think obviously you've been here enough times. Um, I won't be changing. I'll be in my perch first half and, um, as usual, second half. So, no, it's been more of a transition um, over time, so it's not, not a massive change. You're not surprised he stepped down then? I was a little bit surprised. Obviously, we've had conversations over the last year or two, um, but... We, we discussed it at the start of pre-season. I was a little bit surprised. I didn't know about it. Um, I found out just before the Charlton game, um, about an hour before kickoff. Um, but like I say, he, he, he's done a great job for the club. And he's, a, he's a friend of the club still, and he's still an important part of what we're of what we're doing. And hopefully, we can bring some silverware and some success as we move forward. Next season, arguably the two biggest teams with the biggest budget have gone out of it. How competitive do you think this will be the scaffold this season? Yeah, I think I think a lot of people think that it's opened up a bit. Um, I think was obviously, obviously what's interesting is the sides that have made a lot of signings. Do you know I mean, Whitstable, Glebe, Erith and Belvedere, Phoenix are probably going to be gelling a new side together. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But they've all brought in quality players. Um, I think we're probably 
the different side in there in terms of we're the ones that are going to be similar and pretty settled. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But if one of those teams gels with some of the players they're signing, join us. There's nothing to say that they're not going to fly like Chatham or Sheppey did. But I think probably most people would think at this moment in time it's going to be more open. Um, last year, let's be completely honest, um, we didn't really have a chance um, of catching those two. They were just significantly better and I'd expect them both to do well um, in the Ismian South East this season. I mean, I'd be very surprised if they're not up in and around the playoff positions. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's going to be open, but let, let's let's make no bones about it. The sides that are investing a lot of money, signing some very good players, and I wouldn't say it's weaker. I think it's just going to be more open. What do you think the strength of your squad is? Um, well, obviously we've we've lost a couple from last year, um, so we're in the, the process of replacing those players. We didn't obviously want to lose them, but for a variety of reasons, work reasons, and obviously Troy's got a chance at Margate, um, which he's earned for his performances over the last year. We've obviously bought in three at the minute. Uh, a couple of trialists that have done well tonight, but Henry obviously coming in goal. Um, Riley up front's been outstanding for us. I thought he was brilliant tonight. Um, we've signed Ewan Sahado, who's in America at the minute. So at the minute, our squad strength similar to last year. If I'm being honest, we probably still need two or three before the season starts. We've got our eyes on some people, but as everyone will tell you at this stage, your Ryman Prem clubs have got a lot of players in that they're looking at and they're going to drift down and um, players want to play football. So when the actual season starts and we're not all making seven, eight subs, you get a few more players become available on the market. What we'll always sorry, what we'll always do is make sure we bring the right ones in and not rush and bring anyone in. And that's why we're being pretty patient. Again, is it a season you're looking forward to being the first team manager? Expectations here are quite high. You had a good season last year, isn't it? Yeah, I think from a personal point of view, it's just about keep doing the job well. I don't, I mean, obviously it's a proud moment to be the name first team manager, but that the work that we're doing has been happening for five years and, and that's continuing to happen. So it's not, if you see the way we've played tonight, that's how Deal Town play. It's how we've played last year. It's how we played when we had the Vars run. So it's not going to be massive changes overnight we're going to just continue with the process so I mean, it's not about me it's not about titles it's about us as a group trying and being successful um, that's the most important thing for me when I mean I didn't even have a title before we used to change it I mean head coach assistant manager whatever it's just about hoping hopefully make the club successful so yeah that's it's gonna be a good season hopefully to the listeners give them a reason to come watch some scaffold football Oh, I think it's competitive. I think that if you look at um, the gates, they're improving. I think there's a lot of good sides. Players are a lot fitter now, entertaining end to end. There's always lots of goals, um, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be an open league. And I, I watch loads of games of scaffold football, um, and there's very few where I come away and I haven't been entertained. Um, and certainly down here, we got. I don't know what the crowd was tonight, but it looked big again. We've had three friendlies now at home. We've, every crowd's been well over 400, um, and hopefully we're putting on an entertaining spectacle. And if more people will come down and watch us, that'll be great. A sensible appointment for, from Deal there, Matt. I guess if it's not broke, then you don't try and fix it, do you? Yeah, I think um, Steve. If you ever go and watch Deal, he's the, the more vociferous, uh, if that's the word, or vocal. He said he used to watch from his perch, and he, he states to the, what he was doing. So he did the coaching, and now he's taken on the managerial role. So I, I don't think Deal, when Derek was going to going to go whoever thought about bringing anybody in um steve king knows a lot of players he watches a lot of football and he'll go in as the main man and i, I don't think much will will change he's got dean hill who's been successful in the game as, as his assistant as well so 
I don't really think there's much of a change there for Deal. Um, and they'll look ahead to the season with optimism. They've lost Troy Howard, who's gone to Margate, who, who is a, a lively player, but Steve King knows how to pick up players. And I think, as he said, they've got a, they've had a sort of a settled squad. So there's no sort of blooding new players in because these players have known and worked with each other for, for a while. So um, I think that, that's what he said. That could be their strength next season. A bit of role reversal there because the first time I actually came across Steve King, uh, he was Dean Hill's assistant. So that's a uh, interesting. But was Steve that, is was that a deal as well? That was at Ramsgate. Ramsgate, so, yeah, uh, a few years ago. But uh, Steve is is almost Mr. Deal, really, isn't he? he? He doesn't live too far away. He lives in the area, um, and uh, you know we talk about the geography of of certain things. But for, for Deal Town, they don't want to be going upsetting the apple cart and bringing someone in from further afield and everything like that. And and they had the ready-made replacement there, and it, I guess it was always a case of of when for Steve King, uh, and and it's come now, and you know he spoke very well there, and he and he's obviously confident because it worked last season, they finished fourth last season, and now they just push on, and now now they've got the chance to push on, haven't they? Yeah, his his background is a school teacher, so I think we know from school teachers in the non-league game normally make good managers because their communication skills are good, so. Yeah, I think, yeah, Deal are not a sort of a club who are going to, again, they're, they're a solid, well-run well run club, community club. They know, you know, they're not going to bring players in from London to come and play like certain clubs I know in the area do. And Steve King, you, you know, Steve's, I would say, probably respected across the scaffold division as a manager. Um, and they'll just go with the flow and see what he can do. It's a big ask, as he says, you know, he's not going to, you know, put any major predictions on the line, but he's just going to go out there. They know if they perform to their capabilities, along with probably half a dozen clubs, they've got a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fascinating division, but when you look at it and you were fourth last year, then people are going to be looking at you and thinking you're one of the teams to beat. And yeah, they have lost a couple of players there. Um, since that interview, they've brought in a couple more as well. So he won't be far off the sort of squad that he wants. And again, the the, the geographical thing helps him because he can bring in players who are in that area and, and there's not really anyone else competing at that level in that area so so that helps him doesn't it because he, he can bring in players and he kind of has his first pick of players in the in the deal and probably up to the Dover area as well because there's there's not a lot of other options for them and he can go out and get those players and that is going to help him and having a settled squad can work in, in, in your favour. We're going to talk to another manager who's got the complete opposite scenario coming up soon. But the fact they've got a settled squad, they know each other, it gives them a, a, a head start, doesn't it? And it kind of gives them the opportunity to to push on. They've got a tough first game against Glee, but if they can get a result there, then the confidence just grows. And, and you know, Steve, Steve will know that, that it's going to be a challenge and he's not going to get carried away. No one's going to get carried away at this time of year. But, you know, I think he'll be quietly confident that they're going to have a good season and, and you know they want a cup run they want a Vars run and everything like that why not you know they're, they're, they're as well placed as anybody else a nice place to watch a game of football they get decent crowds in and it's it's, it's a positive move for, for, for Deal to, to go along the Steve King uh, line isn't it yeah I don't think he's not going to have any surprises in this division is he so he knows probably how a lot, a lot of teams play he'll know the grounds you know so the structure there he knows probably how to win games at this level over the last few seasons. They've been very good over the last couple of seasons in doing that. So, 
it's just getting all that experience over the last few seasons. You know, as he admitted, they couldn't compete with Chatham, couldn't compete with Sheppey. But now, does his team talk change? Does he say to the players, look, now that they've gone, why not? Why not give it a go? I think a lot of managers will say that first weekend of the season here. This is an open league. You start well, you could be the side to be in there. So it, 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 we always rate the scaffold as a, an exciting league, John. You know, last season, probably was exciting because we thought, who's going to win it between the top two, wouldn't it? This time, it's completely wide open. It's a great league. We know it's got a lot of goals in it. We could predict the top five and get none of them right. And that's what's fantastic about the division, I think, this season. Yeah, mate, I mean, I don't think I'd do well, but, you know, I wouldn't be betting my mortgage or £2.70 I won on the Euro Millions last night who was going to win the league because you might as well throw that money away because it's, it's, it's so open. Open on the first day, by the end of September, you never know somebody can be running away with it. But I couldn't tell you who that club could be. No, I was just about to say, um, I don't think anyone's going to get 100 points this year like like we had last year. Uh, you know, I think that, that kind of Tower Hamlet's being relegated as well. That's that's lost one of the whipping boys. And, you know, talking to people, and I don't know if you've been talking to similar people, but I've heard some, a lot of clubs have got decent budgets this season. Yeah. You know, a lot of clubs are, are really having a go at it and really trying to get some some good players in. And, and I think probably right now, from conversations that I've heard, there's probably a dozen teams in that league who think that they've got the resources to, to have a real stab at it. So uh, it'll be interesting seeing. And, and, but Deal uh, are certainly one of them. I, I think they're definitely going to be there or thereabouts. And, and, you know, they're probably a club who don't need to have the, the biggest budget to compete because they've just got a good, solid squad of players. Yeah, I think that that's the key thing. A good, solid squad of players who will probably, you know, know with the manager, work for each other. I saw it against Dover when they beat Dover, and they probably des- they deserved to beat Dover. The team spirit was there after the sort of um, the melee that came in. All the deal players were helping each other out, and I think team spirit could be good for them. As I say, they've had a settled squad. A lot of the players have worked together, known each other for a number of years. And when the when the going gets tough, that could could be a real factor for them. Yeah, so while it's a bit of the status quo for the hoops, it's all changed at Tunbridge Wells. Wells finished eighth last year, but Boss Richard Stiles decided to swap the Colverden for recently relegated Whitstable Town, and he's taken a few of his players with him. The man charged with replacing him was Luke Carpenter, who was on Chatham's coaching staff last season, and Matt, prepared to be depressed, is just 33 years old. Uh, I headed along to their friendly against Sheppey United on what, as I say these words, was last night. But, time you're, but by the time you're hearing them is last week. And afterwards, I spoke to the new Wales boss. We've had a good pre-season. Um, I think all the players are, are looking excited. Um, staff as well. So a lot of hard work's gone in, so I was just excited to get the season going now. Your first job in management, what, what an opportunity and what made you want to do the job at Tommy Wales? It's actually my second. second. Um, I did it a few years ago, actually, with Uckfield. Um, but I went away, learned a little bit more. Uh, always wanted to go back into management. Um, I live two minutes away from here, so when it came up, it was kind of made just every bit of sense, really. Everyone knows the potential of this club, don't yeah, they? It's just huge. being the right person to tap into it. Hopefully, I obviously being a bit more local, I understand the club a little bit more, I understand the history of it. Um, I'm in knowledge of the local players and those quality players youth-wise coming through, so I can tap into that and... We've put together a long-term plan, basically, that we want to get the club promoted. We want to bring more local players through. So 
there's a lot of opportunity here and like I said, there's a lot of potential. So we've put a bit of a plan together to, um, to unlock that. Ten years this year since the Vars final. Yeah. Uh, it's still everything, everyone talks about it still. And, and I guess the, the job for, for consecutive managers now has been to do something to give the supporters something to, to put that memory behind them and have their own new memory now. Yeah, 100%. Like I say, knowing the club, I know how important the Vars is to the fans. So that's something we'll put every bit of um, effort into going as far as we can as well. It'd be great to go back to Wembley 10 years on, uh, maybe go and win it this time. We're, um, we're, look, we're all ambitious. We, we're not coming here to take part. So whatever we're doing, we're here to win. Um, you, hopefully you saw the progression in the game between the first and the second half. We've we've learnt lessons from the first half that we've then straight away implemented in the second half and the turnaround straight away was big and that's like I say with a long term plan that's what we're working towards it's not a case of just having a quick immediate impact and then it fizzling out we want to make sure that everything we're doing leaves us in a position where we're able to keep progressing whether that be stronger players coming in um, more people just wanted to get involved to help us push the club forward You've brought in a lot of players that people will have heard of mm-hmm. Uh, who've got a lot of experience outside the scaffold. Is, is that going to be something that you think will have a, a bit, be a good thing for you, I suppose, that they don't know 100%. the rough and tumble of this league? 100%. We've had a couple of players missing for this game, um, not taking part. We've also kind of come off with a head injury as well. There's bite in our team. So I think the positive thing in t- with bringing these players in that aren't part of the league is people don't know them. So a lot of people underestimating us potentially that are going to be shocked by us by what we do both with and without the ball um, so they're going to have to do their homework on us It looks like you, you want to play some good football because I, I thought you played some really good stuff tonight Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of boom ball it's not a bit of me um, it's just it's getting the balance between you know, it's not academy football it's not youth football we've, we've got results to get we want to win so we're not just going to pass for the sake of it we want to play good football but winning comes above that so we've got to do whatever we have to do to win the game what do you make of this season's leagues? Obviously, you played one of the two teams last year that everyone knew were going to be in the top two from this time last year. We all knew who was going to be in the top two. This year, there's no one, there's no outstanding team, is there? And it could be wide open. It's very unpredictable. You look at it and you say, there's a lot of teams that have very big budgets. There are a lot of teams with bigger budgets. So everyone's investing in it more. Um, I had a chat with someone previously and there's a lot of players coming down from the league above as well. Um, and I kind of I'd say on that as well. It's not necessarily for money. I don't think they're mercenaries. Lifestyle changes from from COVID, from the living costs at the moment. So it doesn't work for everyone to be travelling and, and committing to Isthmian and, and above level. So lifestyle choices have affected players coming into this league as well. You can't predict it. I, I could probably tell you ten to eleven teams that have got good budgets and good players coming in. I think the difference is going to come into the point of towards the end of the season and where it gets a bit ugly. It's the managers and the coaches that take over. What have you embedded into your team to get them over the finish line? And I think that's what's going to be the difference. I think as well it's important for to, to make a good start. You've got Kennington first up uh, in your first league game. They're a side who are always hard to beat, aren't they? So that's good. That's a bit of a baptism of fire, I guess. Yeah, especially at their place. But again, you don't know what it's going to be like this year. So no game's going to be an easy game. If you'd have said to me, who do you want first game? It's kind of a case, I don't really care. Just give me anyone because I don't know what any of them are going to be like in comparison to last year. Um, so we'll find out as much as we can about Kennington. We'll prepare with how we want to play because we like to think that we're going to be the stronger team um, in any game we're going to. and We're, we're there to go and win. Um, we've got good coaches, intelligent coaches and staff all around that are spending early stages of games working things out so that if our system for whatever reason isn't working, we can find out why pretty quickly. 
and then Matt Panting, who does the fixtures, was uh, probably being a bit mischievous. First home game here against yeah. last year's manager. Are, are you yeah. glad to get that one out of the way? I, I'm not really fussed, to be honest. We've got to play them at some point, so whenever it is, I don't really care. It's the, the, the game, I, I'm, I'm not an emotional person, so things like that won't bother me. Um, it's, it's another game, so we've got to play them. Uh, I'm not going to be affected in any other way. We'll prepare the same. And in between that, of course, you've got a, a tricky little FA Cup tie as well, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, that's a difficult one. Um, but again, we've already sorted out trying to do some homework on them. Um, so, But again, let's not forget, the, the side that we've played in Sheppey, they're, they're an Isthmian, Isthmian level side, um, and they're going to do very well in that league. So I, I would like to say that, <coughs> again, they've, they've probably mixed their team around a little bit. They've had different players playing. We've done the same. We've had players missing. So... Uh, we're going to go into that game again fancying ourselves we'll get our strongest 11 out um, that we can and we'll go to win the game we're not we're not scared of it and just finally you've said earlier you want to go in and win things can that happen this season is, is that a realistic aim that this could be the season for Tunbridge Wells I'm not very good at losing <laughs> so what do you call realistic we don't know what other teams are like we're going to set up and do everything that we can um, we'll even from tonight, we'll, we'll dissect absolutely everything from every previous game we've had from a win. We've just dissected everything. Um, and we knew what was going to be exposed tonight. It was, and that's kind of what's made a half-time team talk a bit easier because we preempted it based on the homework that we've done on ourselves previously. So you win games, you do your, you do your homework on that. And then that kind of prevents the draws and the losses rather than panicking when you lose a game or draw a game and then going and finding out what the problem is. We're trying to find out where every issue is early on. Uh, enjoyed that chat, Matt. Impressive young man. And uh, do you know what? I've got a feeling that they are in for a good season. Level-headed. Some of these points were, were quite interesting, what I, I thought there. Yeah, I didn't know his age. You say, what was what was his role like? He was at Chatham last year, was he? he was, yeah, he was on the coaching team at Chatham. And as he said there, he used to be, he used to be manager of Uckfield as well before. So... Uh, retired from playing at 27 to focus on his coaching. So he's, he's experienced despite his, his tender years. Uh, and I think that, you know, what he's done there, and, and I put that question to him, is he's brought in players who are good players, experienced players, never played in the scaffold. And for me, I, I did wonder initially, is that the right move? You know, because we know how strong a league the scaffold is. But hearing his answer to that question... I think it might be a good move, you know, that they haven't got the, the battle scars of the scaffold and they come at it with, without any fear. And I think if you've got a team full of players who've played in this league for a few years, they would have that little bit of fear factor because they know there's some good teams at this level. We don't know how many players he's kept from last season, do we? Or a lot probably gone to Whitstable. Or... I think there's only half a dozen have gone to Whitstable. So I think there's a, there's half a dozen sort of left there from before. Um, from, from chatting to people at the game, and actually I should say hello to, to Chris, uh, a Tom Charles fan who, who came up to me and we had a good chat during the first half of the game uh, there. Um, he was saying to me, you know, they, they've, they've got a half dozen players, some really good players. Connor Pring, uh, one of them, he, he went off early in that game against Sheffield United with a, with a head injury. Um, I think they're still waiting to, to firm up their goalkeepers as we speak. But I just think, you know, they've got players. Uh, McCready has scored a lot of goals for Hayward Heath. Um, they they brought a few other players in who've been down at down at Eastbourne as well, and you know th- there's just that potential there. And I thought from watching them against Sheppey, Sheppey won that game two 0 Sheppey obviously are, are a league above. That they played very well, they attacked very well. But in the second half, Tunbridge Wells played some really good football, and and they and they kept Sheppey at bay. They had a few chances of their own, and I'm sure 
once they gel and they've had a very good pre-season so far, but I'm sure once they can get some results in the league, I think they're going to go really well, actually. I, I, I think I'm going to say, I think Tunbridge Wells will at least be in the top five this season. Yeah, I thought maybe they would do better last season um, than they did. They never really got going on a bit of a run, did they? Um, you know, previously we, they've done well. Of course, you mentioned about the thing. But I think the interesting point he said about that was that, you know, players, you know, what the world is like at the moment, players might not want to travel to the thing, quite happy to play a bit more local. So the quality of the players in the scaffold could could improve. And I, I've never really thought about that. That, Of course, you always think that footballers all they want to play the highest level or, or physically chase the money. But at the end of the day, if, if it costs you more to get anywhere with things like that and moving down into the locally where you don't have to travel too much and have to cost of petrol, the cost of living, and you can enjoy football at a good standard, why not? And again, Tunbridge Wells is probably a good area where you can track players from Sussex, you know, quite local, uh, and sort of the north part of Kent. And he's gone in there, 33 years of age. Again, I'm always, always say, Joe, always so impressed with the managers we speak to because, you know, I'm no footballer, but you think, well, I'd like to play for him because he talks a bit of sense and what he could do for the players. And clearly, at 33, you, you know, you, or 27, he's been coaching. Chatham, he's got a good background there, knows how to win, how to knows this division. Um, I think Tunbridge Wells should be uh, a little bit delighted with that. Tunbridge Wells fans are quietly excited about the season ahead. Was he when you spoke to him? I think he was a bit sort of still, it was the first time he'd seen them. He hadn't been to any of their way for any, so he was still kind of finding his feet. But I think he was impressed by what he saw. Um, you know, and it's still kind of a case of, well, we don't know who all the players are and everything like that. But I just think, you know, we all know the potential of Tunbridge Wells. Uh, as a club they're in a, a a big town and people will get behind them uh, they've got some good vocal supporters very witty actually uh, at one point a chant of here for our water broke out obviously after <laughs> Sheppey had had their uh, their big water issues a couple of weeks ago um, but we all know the potential that Tunbridge Wells have got there and you know Luke is not tied down by the history although he knows the he knows he said he lives two minutes away uh, he's obviously he knows the club he knows the town but he's not going to hark back to, to what happened 10 years ago and he was like you know we want to make our own history and and I think that that's exactly been the problem for Tunbridge Wells and, and I've said this before uh, on this show that you know Jason Bourne did a great job there but he was still one of the Vars players and I think that that kind of cast a shadow over Tunbridge Wells for a while and and you know they'll have been surprised when Richard Styles decided to move on uh, earlier in the summer and obviously disappointed I suppose when um so many of the players, especially Matt Gething, followed him um, to Whitstable. And but what I like about that, and and we've talked about this before, is it's not the same old faces. You know, Tunbridge Wells have gone out and they've got a manager who hasn't managed in this level before. You're not seeing the same people that we've seen time and time and time again. And it's exciting. And I like the way that he was trying to play football against Sheffield United. And I think come the start of the season, they'll be ready and raring to go. And with Tunbridge Wells. If they have a good start, start getting some good results, then there's no reason why they can't fly up the league. Yeah, I, 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 they're one of the sides last season when you're seeing it where they didn't get, they just never got going, did they? Never got going at all. Well, I um, saw them and uh, what November time when they played at Rustall, and I thought they were really poor on the day. And you looked at it and you thought, well, actually, they, you know, they've got some good players here, but it just didn't seem to to click. Um, but we know, as, as I was just saying there, if it does click, if, if Tunbridge Wells win their first three games, 
by the end of August, they're going to be getting 600 people coming to watch them. You know, it, it's one of those places where if they're playing well, people will really, really get behind them. The town will get behind the team. So it's, it's important for them to make a good start and kind of not fall into the trap that they fell into last year by just being inconsistent. You know, I've got a lot of time for Richard Styles, but I think he would admit, and I think he did admit, it just did, never clicked. It never gelled last season for them. Uh, and I think that this is... Uh, uh, Luke Carpenter seems to me to be a good fit for Tunbridge Wells. Um, you know, nice place to watch a game of football. It, it just seems to me at the moment, and again, this is the pre-season optimism talking, but it seems to me like everything's pointing in the right direction for Tunbridge Wells. Yeah, uh, again, I looked at them I'm thinking they've got the new manager in, didn't know much about him. But after listening to him there, John, very measured. You know, he's not going to run before he can uh, walk before he can run or whatever which way it is but yeah I, I good interview that and I, I you know I, I again looking out for them as well the players that he's brought in just have gone a bit against the norm it will be interesting because again could have been easy for him to go and pick up you know a lot of the Chatham players or some of them who weren't going to be involved next season but he's gone outside the box and I think for a Tumbridge Wells fan who've had a bit you know probably in that time since the, the Vars the 10, well, 10 years ago um yeah, a bit of optimism, as you say, John. It's something new, something exciting to get behind. Yes, it certainly is. Right, come on then. I know you've just said you wouldn't want to put your £2.70 on it, but as we are now award-winning journalists in Kent Sports, who's going to be the top two? I want you to give me your tips for the top two in the Southern Counties East League next season, this season. I'm going to go, again, you, you shouted me down at this point. I'm going to go with Whitstable because... I think Richard Styles is a good manager. I think I know he's taken a lot of players. Uh, Matt Gettin, as you say, he scored a lot of goals last season, every week. Whitstable, arguably the biggest club in the division, um, will get good support if they do well. Again, I just, I just, I just feel that Richard Styles is a good manager, knows his level. Maybe a fresh idea, fresh for him, fresh challenge for him could boost them up. I think they'll be up there. Who else do you think will be? Uh, maybe Erith and Belvedere, something like that. I think Deal will be around it. I, I think it's too weird. Glebe spending a lot of money, John. But if, if I had to say, I'd probably say Whitstable are favourites in my eyes, early doors. But just because they went down, big club, I think um, signings look decent. Again, I think it, I think Richard Styles wants to right the wrongs of the last couple of seasons, personally. And I think uh, it'll be a good chance for him at Whitstable. Yeah, I mean, we hadn't really mentioned Glebe. Obviously, now under the management of Luke Rooney, uh, they've they've signed well and they signed early. Uh, a lot of experienced players. So I think they are, if you were doing the odds, I'd probably say they are the, the bookies' favourites. Um, but I I just don't know if there's, if there's going to be something that holds them back at some point. Um, so for me, I think Irith and Belvedere are going to be one of the teams to beat. They've been up at that level before. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're a team who... They've got a manager who's managed at a higher level as well. Um, they've brought in some good players. I think they've got a chance. I think Phoenix Sports will be up there as well. We haven't mentioned them yet, but newly relegated. And they've got a lot of experienced players come in to add to their squad um, deal. It, it's really, really tough. And, you know, I've heard about other teams as well who, we've, who we haven't even mentioned yet, who've got decent budgets and should be, looking towards the top end of the table. Right, it might be... Punjab, John, we mentioned it back in the last season, Chippy was saying, you know, 
Why know, not them? Yeah. Why, why not them? Why not them? There's no. Yeah, and they that, signed some experienced players, Punjab. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's yeah. going to help. That, that that's going to help them because when you've seen them before, they have looked a little bit naive at times. But they seem to have gone down the experience route and brought in brought in some players. And you know, you, you've got obviously Lordswood have had problems. Uh, last season had a really disappointing season, but they finished the season on a high. They're going to want to push on. It, you've got K Sports under the management of, of Ernie Batten's boys that, that they might be in with a shout. You know, it's, it's, we haven't even mentioned, have we? Finished fifth. No. So it, it is a really open league. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there is the, um, the bookmakers. Do they? Uh, have a book on the scaffold. I don't know. I, don't I, think so. I don't know if they did, but um, scaffold's got such a good website. Maybe they can. Uh, <laughs> our friends at uh, Jack Wilson, if he's ever listening, do you? If you do, what are they saying? But it, it is. It's got to be the, in the sixth season we've done here, John. This has got to be the most open one, surely. Absolutely, definitely. I'll tell you another and team. I think it's going to be might... brilliant. And I don't think. I, did you? We put that bit in um, with Steve King. Why go and watch a game of scaffold? Well, you're going to be entertained. A good standard of football. You'll see a lot of goals uh, and football that means a lot to people. And it, it, yeah, an entertaining game of football that you might not necessarily know who's going to win, which is half the battle these days. Oh, I mean, I'm just looking. I've got the teams in front of me now, and and you know, we, we've, there's teams we've not even mentioned there. Hollands and Blair under Scott Porter, manager who's got promoted out of this league before Kennington. Um, the, the newly promoted sides, you know, Stansfeld who won the league last year at a canter and, and Sutton Athletic have got a goal scorer. Anyone, Canterbury City might think they've got a chance. Anyone at this moment in time could be a competitor, a, a contender for this league. So we're, we're not, uh, well, we're, we're basically sitting on the fence because we haven't got a bloody clue either, have we? Well, that's that's kind of where I was going to go. I was going to say I was going to say we're not sitting on the fence, but just we're we're, we're championing yeah. everybody. But I tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say right now, Irith and Belvedere are, are, are the ones I'm going to tip, and I and I will stand by that for the rest of the season, right? Well, I, I, I you know I'm putting pressure on Whitstable. I think Whitstable. Um, I think they've gone three. Whitstable gone three G as well. I think they have, haven't they? So yeah, they've had. A, they've it. got their first few games away though, and that yeah. could, that could have a, an yeah, impact. Could, could on be that, a factor. Right? Could be a factor. But I just think Richard Styles is going to try and prove a point. I think you know we probably bigged him up a bit last season, and they just didn't get going. But the players he's brought in, and they've probably got a chance to man who could score a lot of goals, and that could be the difference. Yes, well, let's run through the opening weekend fixtures then. Uh, I've already mentioned the Friday night game between Irith Town and Phoenix Sports at 7.30pm kickoff on Friday night. Uh, and then on Saturday, last year's third and fourth place teams meet. It's Deal host Glebe. Richard Styles' first game as Whitswell managers at Fisher. Holmesdale host Hollands and Blair. K-Sports take on Punjab United. As you already heard, it's Kennington against Tunbridge Wells. Uh, Lordswood are at home to Irith and Belvedere. Rustall take on Willingtown. Stansfield's first Skiffle Premier Division games at home to Beersted. And Sutton Athletic also promoted start their campaign at home to Canterbury City. So it's all... But by this time next week when we're talking, we might have more of an idea, but we probably still won't have a bloody clue. Uh, <laughs> there's been loads going on outside of the scaffold across the county, but we're kind of going to discuss the teams and their prospects as the new seasons kick off as we go along. It, all different staggered start dates, which I'll explain shortly. Uh, but there are a few things that I think we should talk about now. Uh, first up, Beckenham Town. Uh, as you may recall, were embroiled in a racism scandal at the end of last season, which did put a bit of a dampener on their combined counties league uh, title win. However, 
after analysis of the footage, it was proven uh, that it had false subtitles had been added to it. Uh, and the contentious comment, which was held up by the Wall FC, was in fact a linesman commenting on the length of the grass. Uh, Beckham have now been totally exonerated of any form of wrongdoing. And it's really a bit of a shame that the ringleaders in what was an unsightly pile-on have not been particularly forthcoming with any uh, apologies. Uh, let's just hope that the misthrown mud doesn't really stick on Beckenham. I, I, it, I'm glad, Matt, uh, that it's all been sorted out, and I'm glad that that there wasn't any anything untoward in that. It was just a. I, I don't know why it was it was done as it was. I don't see, know what they were hoping to gain out of it, um, but I, I'm I'm glad that that it's been sorted. Yeah, it was a real sort of what end of May, beginning of May, wasn't it? Really, they were. The club couldn't really sort of comment, can sort of celebrate, and you know their fantastic achievement of getting promoted. And yeah, it's it's probably a story that you don't want to get involved in, but it seems a strange on what was people doing it. But they've been exonerated, and now they can look forward. And I know from you know you speaking to people within the club, it hurt a lot of the people, the people who've been heavily involved in that club for a long time for for no reason. So I'm glad for them it, they've been. Uh, Club's been exonerated and now they can move on and it should be an exciting season for them next year. Yeah, I mean, they're looking forward to their first campaign in the Eastman League uh, to, to get going. And, and, you know, having that cloud hanging over them would, would have been uh, a, a real shame. But as I say, you know, we want to make sure that everybody knows that they, there wasn't any wrongdoing. Uh, the FA have cleared them and everything like that. And the frustration is, you know, there was interviews on the television and everything and people launching these attacks against Beckenham. And it turns out they were unfounded, but people won't remember that, will they? That they remember the the bad things rather than the, than the good. And, and once that damage is done, you worry that it it might not be uh, repairable, if that's even the right word. I don't know yeah. if that's a word or not. Um, but I hope that people are going to see the bigger picture. They are going to look into it, and that, and there is a bright future ahead for Beckenham. Yeah, again, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to next season. This season. Back in the uh, Isthmian division, and then let's let's football be the be the main talking point because you know we didn't really big them up to the end of the season, did we? Because it was overhanging, we couldn't think we could sort of comment on this, but um, well, I think we can do now. Congratulations, and um, we we look forward to them battling the other Kent clubs as well, which will be an interesting for full sides involved. Yes, and I will definitely be heading up there at some point over the course of the season. Just want to say as well, another quick hello, quick shout out. Uh, to Milton, who's a Beckenham fan, who came and actually stayed here uh, in Eastbourne with with me for for a week uh, earlier in the summer. He was actually here the week that it was all confirmed that there had been no wrongdoings. He was very happy, uh, but a great character, a really nice bloke. And I know he listens to the podcast, a uh, big fan. So I uh, hope you're well and uh, I'll catch up with you at a game at some point during the season. Uh, the other story of real note that I wanted to talk about was Evsfleet's announcement of their plans for a new stadium. Uh, the fleet hoped to build an 8,000 capacity arena, move away from Stonebridge Road. It's a good idea in theory, but as we know with these things, they can always be easier said than done. Having announced losses of 1.3 million earlier in the summer, it's an interesting one. But for me, Matt, if you can manage to get something like that done, it lifts the whole area. It brings people in. I think they're talking about 3,000 jobs being created. And it's a good way to get yourself into a situation to make a club profitable. Because we all know now, with the way that non-league football has gone, it's not about getting crowds through the doors on a Saturday it's about having a space that can be used all week long uh, I don't know if you've seen the Freddie Flintoff documentary about cricket uh, that's been on the last few weeks on, on the BBC and, and the cricket club that he's paired up with are saying you know we want to make this place a venue that people can come to when it's not match day and, and if you've got that revenue stream coming in 
as Epsilon would hope to if they can get this this stadium proposal off the ground, it, it will help them out. And, and that's the sort of thing that can springboard you forward, isn't it? Well, I think, as you say, Epsilon with Damien, um, friend of the show who's been on, he's a, um, you know, a CEO who's, who's very uh, proactive um, getting the club involved. You know, some people say, what, do they need an 8,000-seater stadium? But if you get a new stadium, people will come. Uh, the area in there, I know Ebsleet have had the area with the uh, amusement park that hasn't gone. So hopefully the money is involved in that. They can turn it into an area, but it can only benefit the club and the area. And there's a lot of people moving to Ebsleet with the, the new sort of um, housing going up. So, um, yeah, you know, we've seen a lot of full storms in Kent, various clubs with buildings going on. But you can see the benefit it's given Maidstone, particularly 10-year anniversary of them moving back, um, you know, the clubs there and Dartford, what, it, what, a, what a, a revamp stadium can do. Those are the exact two examples I was about to bring up, Maidstone and Dartford. You know, there's been very few clubs, I can think of Darlington, uh, where moving to a new stadium has been a disaster. You know, it, 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 as long as you're... Ambitions are correct. You're not trying to build too big a stadium and trying to run before you can walk. I think if you can get something that's of a reasonable size that size that will help you to grow, it's it's a great opportunity. And as you say, Ebbsfleet, Gravesend, Northfleet, that they are big areas and and they could sustain a, a club in the football league possibly because that because they've got that that area there and and the way it's you know the way it's going. I think that it's it's a sensible thing. If they can get it off the ground, if they can get it built, I'm guessing Stonebridge Road, they might be able to get some good money for that because of where it is. Um, uh, isn't this get the place, infrastructure it's in. built on the ground, isn't it? Is it, not, is it close to it? I thought I was led to believe it's on the same sort of site, but I didn't know that where they were was sort of by the water. Isn't it on the same sort of site? It's sort of rotating the ground, Spurs style, to do this. Or maybe we should get Damien on. Damien can talk, explain that to us. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll be up for it. It was, it's, they're talking about the harbour. Uh, it's going to be I, the I, I, I've only ever been to Gravesend to be to the football ground, to be honest. Um, I don't. You know, I thought I thought they were being built on the same play. Maybe I've met. Maybe I'm just making that up. Maybe I've misread that. It's sort of built on the same plot of no, land. So, sorry, you are right. Yes, it's. Um, it, it is. In addition to upgrading the current ground. The club and its Irish-based partners uh, also want to create a new waterfront neighbourhood that can be enjoyed all year round. So, uh, yeah, so it, is, is that, it wouldn't is be that too be a far away from thing, they then? are. Sorry? Is that going to be a man-made sort of river or water thing then? Just looking one second. So I'll put you on the spot here, mate. You really have. It's not as if, you know... Well, by the looks of it, um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty close to, to where it is anyway, to over towards the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so... There could be a water place where we're there, but I've, I've only ever been to the ground. So no. it's, it's very close by, actually. Yeah. But, you know, here in Eastbourne, we've got like a complete man-made harbour, uh, yeah. which was built in the early 90s. So there's definitely um, so there's definitely some potential in it. And if they can manage to get this all sorted, it's it's a great opportunity for them. And I think, you know, that as we say, they're in a good location. And well, again, it, the only thing about, you know, in the, as we mentioned, the current climate, is there money around for people to... To, to invest in this that's that's my only concern but behind it you know he's very forward thinking the owner we know has um you know he's you know he's he not was, he's not skinned is he he's not skinned yeah, i'm trying <laughs> to yeah 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 so again i think it's the right way 
you know, I think I read somewhere that you know, talked about cricket as well, that cricket changes, that you could have a cricket ground that, you know, could be used, you know, 20 days a year. So you do need other bits of income to make that. If you can make it right, you know, I'm sure Maystone have seen, right, if you make it nice and welcoming for people, your local football club, people will do it. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, we've seen a lot of full storms across Kent and a lot of things that don't happen. But if they can get it and people around the local area are happy with it, which may be one of the stumbling blocks, they've got a good opportunity to to do that. Um, and as I say, a lot of people move into the area as well. So, um, and, everyone, and they're ambitious as well. I think that helps as well. And Damien's ambitious. So uh, he's the man right bands behind those plans. Absolutely. And Damien, of course, you are welcome to come on and have a chat with us all about it uh, at some point in the future. Uh, before we leave the football stuff, we should just confirm, actually, so everybody's got, got knows it when everything kicks off. So, as we say, the scaffold this weekend, uh, the following weekend, it's the FA Cup extra preliminary round, which features all of our scaffold Premier Division sides and a smattering of the Isthmian League South East sides. Uh, the National League and the scaffold First Division also kick off on that date, Saturday, August the 6th. And then the following week, the 13th, the Isthmian League starts. So that'll be the first game for our four Isthmian League Premier Division teams and some of our uh, Isthmian South East ones. It's all done on league position last year. Uh, I know Corinthian have got a bye. Uh, so anyone who finished above them uh, have got byes and have got a little bit of a wait before their first game of the season. Uh, and, and obviously the FA Cup draws have all been done for the first two rounds. Uh, and we'll fill you in on all of those when they come around. As always, it's going to be another great season. And we are going to be with you every single step of the way. Can't wait. Uh, let's go back then to uh, the 15th of July, um, at the day before my mum's birthday. Uh, day after my wedding anniversary. Day after your wedding anniversary. And now forever known as the day that we won an award. Um, I, st- I, I still can't believe it, actually. Uh, a, a great honour. Uh, and my only disappointment is that you weren't there on the day. No, I was having my wisdom teeth out. So I was sitting in the... Um... Well, waiting to go in after the numerous problems with my teeth, and uh, and I got the text saying wow, and so I checked social media and found out that we won. Then the next thing I saw um, you going up to pick up the trophy. So we have been nominated before in this one before, and we went it four years ago, didn't we? Um, but to actually win and become joint um, Kent Sports Journalist of the Year, the named after Neil Bell, you know, a Radio Kent legend and a Kent. In, sporting journalist legend it was uh, a very very nice feeling and uh, the pain I had for my teeth being my wisdom teeth being removed was definitely taken away by us winning and you know it's uh, a very proud moment for me and I only thought about my dad because you know he would have been really proud of me mum was proud as well so yeah yeah absolutely fantastic and um, I'm delighted you could t- pick the award up on our behalf or on, well on our behalf John so delighted for you I mean, I'm glad you had a nice day yeah, it was it was it was great. I mean, the first couple of years of, of these that we've been around, we've entered the awards in program of the year, um, and the, but they changed the parameters of the program of the year, which always meant that we were up against all the big hitters, BBC Southeast Today and BBC Reddit Kent and KMTV and everything like that. Uh, but they changed the, the 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 criteria for that to one outstanding program. Uh, and personally speaking, I don't think that we have that one outstanding program because I, I think we do quite a lot of good things and and you know uh bbc radio kent's breakfast show uh won the program of the award for a, a program where one of the presenters was over in a uh, asylum seekers camp in france and you know what us two prattling about about football 
doesn't quite cut it against that. So when the awards were announced, I got in touch with the organisers at Maxim PR and I said, would they accept a joint entry for Sports Journalist of the Year? Uh, and do you know what? I left it until the next to last day before I stuck it in. And Matt will vouch for this. I didn't even tell Matt that I'd done it, did I? No, no, no. To, to you sent me the thing that we'd been nominated. So Yep. So and then with the nominations came through uh, and we were up against uh, Juliet Parkin from BBC Southeast today. Our, our good friend Ben Watts from BBC Radio Kent. Uh, and the lad from KMTV as well, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, and Ju- well done, mate. Thomas, I think it was. Thomas, yeah. Thomas, so yeah. yeah. Um, and Juliet had won it the, the last two years. And um, <laughs> so we were sat there at, at the table and uh, I was sat next to Ben. I was sat with the guys from Radio Kent, people that I know, which was very nice as well. I was sat next to the people from Kent Cricket who sponsored the award. And we were sat right at the back. And I said to Ben, I said, well, look, I said, we're sat here. It's awkward to get up to the stage. We're sat next to the sponsors of the bloody award. There's absolutely no way that we've won it. So we were just laughing and joking, Ben and I. And um, and then they they did the award and it was quite early when we did it before. When we were there before, our award was like the next to last one. So we had to wait all the time. But we were about the fourth or fifth award. And the girl from Kent Cricket went up to, to the stage and, and she was doing her bit of presenting. And they said, no, she didn't. Didn't have a clue. Um, And they gave her like the envelopes with it. And they said Juliet Parkin was that was the runner up or highly commended. And I was like, hang on a second. And I I said to Ben, the lad from the KM must have done a really good job then. Just, you know, still not, you know, thinking we were there to make up the numbers. And um, and then she opened up the envelope and, and it was us. And Ben will tell you that my exact words, and I can't believe that uh, the first beep of the season is about to happen, but my exact words when I heard our names as the winner were, f*** off. Uh, <laughs> that was exactly what I said. Uh, and then I kind of made my way up to the stage in, in a bit of a daze, really. I didn't really know where I was going. I got a bit lost. Um, I was, I, I just couldn't believe it. And um, got the award, had my picture taken. You can see the picture uh, on the on the gallery that Maxim have put out uh and yeah and then just it was just fantastic and everyone was so nice to me there's a lot of people that I know a lot of people that I've worked with were all coming up to me and saying congratulations and a couple of the judges spoke to me and they spoke really highly of the show and and you know the the the, the comment that they actually made about us if you didn't see it on Twitter at the time was lovely as well um it was just it, it's just astonishing mate I, I I still cannot believe that it happened you know we 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 we're so proud of this and we don't do it for that sort of recognition. We don't do it for the awards, but what a feeling. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine and, and do you know what, Matt, I'm getting the beep out again. Cause it's not for, uh, I'm not going to go into it, but I've had a f-ing terrible summer if I'm brutally honest. Uh, and it's given me a real, a real Philip, something to really smile about. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of love on, on my Facebook, a lot of love on, on Twitter as well. And, it made me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. Although, mate, I, I'm a bit worried about the strength of drugs you were on when you had it because your tweet described me as a genius, and I think that's a bit over the no, top. Well, as I say, John, normally it's you. I have to do the beeping for my swearing, but you know, I, 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 I'm just the person who sends you the recording, and you make sense of it after what we've waffled on about. You, you do eighty percent of the work, I do twenty percent of the work because you write the script, um, and majority of mine I just do it on the top of my head from there but no it, it is genius we you know we're very lucky and as we've always said before you know people are so kind ken football is an absolute hotbed absolute hotbed so um a football and 
the people we've spoken to on here. So it's very nice. But we just do it to get something out to improve my knowledge and get people's views out of the scaffolding. And if if we've forced, although we have a couple of people that I work with, they go and watch Ramsgate because I've talked to them about it and they've listened to the pod. That's we've done something. The most important thing is we've got people interested in local football, and if they go and watch local football, that's it. Even better, really, isn't it? That's the whole important is that people can go and watch it. I think that the the, the motivation behind the, the the idea of doing this was because I saw that the teams that I used to cover, that I used to love covering, weren't getting any coverage. And we've given those people back a voice. And, and I think that's been a real, a, a real thing. And, and I've had conversations before the awards with managers. And, and one in particular said to me, he said, it was amazing when, you know, when we first, the first time you called me up, I was like, there's someone who's doing this podcast who really wants to talk about my team. And we're not, we don't necessarily get loads of people. But to feel that we're genuinely interested in what they're doing and giving them that moment in the spotlight, that's what we do this for. We don't do it for any other reason. We, we do it because there's so many good people in, in non-league football in Kent and you deserve some recognition. Um, so, you know, the award that we've won, yes, it's it, it's got our names on it. And yes, we are so, so proud, so pleased and so grateful. But genuinely, it is for every single person who has been on this show, has listened to this show and has helped this show along its way. Because, you know, we could have started this show when we did five years ago, got five listeners and been and someone told us that they thought it was rubbish and we wouldn't have and we'd have given up. But somehow it got this traction. People spread the word. Um, you know, we, we don't like to big ourselves up. I'm certainly not the sort of person that does that. But I am proud of what we do. Um, I, I'm proud of the things that we've produced. 218 we've done now of this. Uh, and I look back at them and, and I had to submit three examples of our work. Uh, to the awards and I look back at the three episodes that I submitted and I look back at them and I think do you know what they're all bloody good and and they are things that you know interviews that wouldn't have got the traction elsewhere and and I think that's that's what we do well and that's why we love doing this show and that's why no matter what challenges come our way uh, we will keep going as long as we can because because we love it and uh, yeah thank you everybody um, for for making this a, a thing you know we're just two blokes who happen to like each other and, and like non-league football and we hope that we provide something that, that you all enjoy and as I say we're gonna keep on plugging on with it and again if we're not following your club or you want somebody to come on or, or if you're a player and we could follow you for the season and get your views how your season's going be in contact we'd love to speak to you yeah it would be great to follow a player John see how he gets up wouldn't it yeah fantastic yeah so if anyone's out there and they're, and they're up for that they want to fit in every month uh, to see how you know, just to, just to see you talk about your footballing life, your working life, how you mix things through. We'd love something like that as well. So yeah, you know, John will mention all the social media stuff um, later on. But if you want to get involved with us, we're more than willing to do that. It'd be great, It'd be great to hear from you. But we appreciate if you've listened. This is the first time you've listened, or this is the two hundred eighteenth person, two hundred eighteenth time you've listened. Fair play if you have listened to every single episode. Um, That's more than matters. Yes, rather than I have. That would be fantastic, but we do really appreciate it. And thank you out there. So, um, yeah, and, and thank you for the, the award. So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, cool. Uh, I do also just quickly want to dedicate the award to someone called Chris as well. Uh, people won't know who that is, um, but it, it, I just want to say, tip my hat uh, to, to Chris. Um, that's for you, my friend. Uh, what have you been watching on the telly, mate? Anything good? That's Sherlock. I'm only halfway through, but that was quite good, wasn't it? What, Sherwood? Sherlock? 
yeah, we did watch that. Yeah, we I watched that. The wife got a bit, didn't really like it. Found it a bit depressing. Uh, what else did I watch? One thing I did watch, which uh, people absolutely raved about. We thought, what a load of old drivel. It was the Unforgotten War on Channel 4 about cyber attacks. Oh, I didn't fancy that. Uh, I thought, oh, as I work in IT, this would be quite interesting if, you know, the world does it to the end with a cyber attack. But it turned into sort of all about the people. And, yeah, you didn't really get anywhere. And it's one of these things. You probably could have done it at the end of the first episode. So, yeah, that was five hours away. One programme I am into quite a lot. Have you, you've got, you have, have you got Disney Plus? No. You want my, well, I can lend you my Disney Plus account. If you like, do you like Steve Martin? Yeah, take or leave him. No, they, they, he's got only murders in the building. Quite an American comedy thing. I've binge watched that. So um, I'm into that. I was rate that only murders in the building. But apart from that, no, we're looking for um, new programmes to actually watch now because. The things uh, you get to these summer months and they just thing. buggle oh, on, isn't there? Did you watch Strange Thing? You've done that? Uh, no, I'm only hot. I'm just at the end of the second series. I'm just building my way. Uh, yeah, through it really uh, good really good series four you have to concentrate though mate jeez you know it's <laughs> one of those it's it, the, the final episode of the season four is like two and a half hours bloody hell like, well so it's one of these start at nine in the morning if you're watching the final one to concentrate but uh, yeah really good really enjoyed Stranger Things apparently Hopper from Stranger Things was in Margate the well, last few days do, do you know who he's married to he's Lily Allen apparently he's there? married to Lily Allen yes that's correct and apparently she's been in filming somewhere and he's been wandering through the streets of Bennett. Crikey. Hopper from, so, um, uh, yeah, so that's, have we had anyone else famous in Broadstairs? No, we haven't been. No, no, but that's, that's what we've been watching. But we need to, there's loads of football stuff coming soon, though, because the Arsenal document, Arsenal things coming, and the one about Wrexham, which Dover will probably play a starring role in because they did lose on that from there. And uh, not really, no, I've been watching. I do. I've been listening to a couple of podcasts as well, John. There's a new one on BBC Sounds right. about they follow Oxford and Rotherham with the managers for the last three months of the season. Nice. And they've got and, that, and that's quite interesting. So um, I've enjoyed that. Um, that's about it. Yeah. That, yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. That, that's nothing. Nothing else. But only murders in the building. That's my anything at the moment. But about you, anything exciting? Well, I was just, all I was just going to say was obviously we've had the end of Brooklyn Nine-Nine since we did our last So I thought the last episode was incredibly corny, but very, very well done. It's yeah, just yeah. the way they brought everything back from the past few years. Yeah. And obviously, um, the 29th of July, Friday, the same day as the scaffold kicks off, the last ever episode of Neighbours. Um, I'll be honest, I have been watching Neighbours. I watched an episode yesterday. Um, and I was, there's people in there that I did notice from the glory days of the age. Well, yeah, they're, they're bringing them all back now, aren't they? So, you know, and, and I remember James, when, when, when Harold Bishop came back, the continuity announcer from Channel Theatre, isn't it great to see him back? And I was like, oh, no, because he's only coming back because it's bloody finishing. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's sad. I mean, the, the last couple of weeks are just going to be episode after episode of, of nostalgia, which is quite nice. But, I think you know, Channel you just, 5 will probably get its record ever streaming, probably, because I would have thought, Everybody around our age is going to watch the last episode of Neighbours. Agency, Scott and Charlene. And yeah. if they don't play Angry Anderson over that, <laughs> really, they're missing a beat there, aren't they? 
Absolutely. I'll probably be at Earth Town against Phoenix Sports. I'll be watching it when I get back anyway, so I'll, I, I won't miss out. And, and Neighbours has been something I've watched my whole life, so hopefully uh, it finishes on a high. As always, you can find us on social media or on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. We're on Facebook at Kent Non-League Podcast. Uh, now, we're launching something. <laughs> I don't know how well this is going to go, but there is a website called Co-Fee. Uh, and you can go on that website and you can buy your favourite content creators uh, a coffee, essentially. Uh, so I've just set it up uh, this morning, and I haven't publicised it yet. Though. Sorry, we're not expecting them to buy us coffee. No, we're not expecting. But if you, if if by any chance uh, you enjoy what we do, uh, then you can donate basically a fiver uh, into our back pockets, <laughs> and um, and that will be utilised for bits for the pod. Of course, it's not going on. Um, the uh, 430 at Kempton. Well, you can do what you want with your £2.50. I'm taking it down the boozer, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, it's just one of those things. I see a lot of people doing it. And and there's, you know, we don't, as we've said already, we don't do this for the money. We don't do it for that. We don't do it for the acclaim or anything. But if you would like to support us, then absolutely do get involved. In this. There's other things out there whereby we could do some bits and it'd be like, oh, we can be a subscriber and get exclusive bits. But to be honest, we haven't got time to do that. And all the exclusive bits would be would be like Matt swearing, uh, me stumbling over my words and saying obviously a lot, uh, bits and pieces like that. So that's not really worth it. So we're just going to go down this route uh, and we'll put the link out on our social medias. As we say, there's no obligation. We don't expect anything. But if you do like what we do, uh, then you can just shout us a coffee. And uh, yeah, we will utilize the money the best that we can we might be having a night on the tiles on it if, if enough comes in by the time uh september the third comes around mate could be yeah could be the case yeah so we shall see but anyway thank you everybody for listening we are so glad to be back uh, and uh, we will speak to you all next week on the kent only podcast it's great to be back for season six we need, we need really i need to do that really like a voiceover artist it's it again, great man. to be back for season six